Welcome to another episode of Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, we have a special privilege to hear Josh Gallagher, a pastor who was directly affected by the devastation of the campfire in Paradise, California. One year ago this month, a faulty transmission line sparked a fire that blazed over 150,000 acres of Northern California. 86 people lost their lives, leaving the town of Paradise completely devastated. More than 90% of the population permanently relocated. Even after 12 months, tap water isn't safe to drink and toxic debris is being removed. After the fire, Samaritan's Purse helped hundreds of homeowners. And this is where we met Josh Gallagher. However, after the crisis, God used Pastor Josh's church, Paradise Alliance, as a source of hope. It is one of the few large buildings still standing, and it serves as a community hub for events like town council meetings, weekly dinners, district board conferences, and comedy nights. I continue to be inspired by Pastor Josh's story. As difficult as it was to stay in paradise after the wildfire, God helps him and his staff to serve the community, physically and spiritually. I have two words. Thank you. I've had a secret prayer. I said, God, if I ever get the opportunity, I want to thank these amazing people. Because I know maybe what you do in day, day in and day out, it's just paper, it's just phone calls, it's just getting donations, it's trying to line up volunteers. It's just what I do every single day. But from somebody who's been on the receiving end of what you guys are doing and how God is using you, thank you. I moved into paradise four months before the fire hit. I had no connections to the community, and my wife's number one fear was that a wildfire would break out in this small town. As a good husband, I said, no, that's never gonna happen, honey. It's just fine. She hardly slept for the first month. The first four months into my ministry there, you could say things were going well from an earthly standpoint. We had grown by about 150. We were just over 1,200 people at our church. Attendance was up, giving was up, everything was heading, we thought, in the right direction. Then that faithful morning came, and everything changed. On that day, 16 of our 24 staff members lost their home. 50% of our original congregation was never seen from again because they immediately moved out of the area. 30% of our lay leaders left, and 90% of our community was destroyed. One week after the fire, I looked at our community and I noticed people asking bigger questions about their life, about their eternal destination, about their relationship with God. California is pretty, we'll just say it's a hard area to serve sometimes. But I saw an openness. I looked at myself and our congregation and I said, God, there is a harvest that is ripe. Much like Jesus when he looked out at the crowds in Matthew 9, and he said, wow, they're harassed, they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he says this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This is exactly what I was feeling. I said, God, this harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I was dealing with losing everything. There was trauma in our community and in our people. And so I prayed this prayer about a week after the fire. I said, Lord, send the workers. It was the next Sunday after I prayed that prayer. I just finished teaching. I got down and there was this beautiful face that I had never seen before, stand up much taller than I was, had a deep Southern accent and said, I'm Luther Harrison and we're here to help. (laughs) 
I did say beautiful, just remember that. In that moment, I had immediately a peace because I knew God had answered my prayers. Since that partnership began all those months ago, we have literally seen hundreds of people in our community come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is and have their lives transformed. We've had events like the Christmas Eve service that Luther talked about. By the way, if you want to be intimidated, try giving a gospel presentation with Franklin Graham sitting about (laughs) six feet right there and act like it's no big deal. And continued ongoing events and support, as Luther mentioned, we're getting ready to celebrate the one-year anniversary. We want to bring the hope of Jesus right after that anniversary. So we're in partnership again with all of you to make that happen. So thank you for being the harvesters. My community, my church, and myself are forever grateful for how God is using you. So no matter what you do here, whether it's cybersecurity, whether it's advertising, whether it's hooking up volunteers with projects or whatever that might be, thank you. You're doing more than just a job. As one that has experienced this, you are literally changing lives for eternity. So thank you for what you're doing. But there's one other thing that I really wanted to share with you. See, I was going to take this whole message one direction. As you probably understand, sometimes God says, nope, we're going a different direction. And so last night, this whole thing went a completely different direction, and I'm not sure why, but I want to share it with you now. One thing I've noticed from my journey is oftentimes when we are helping people who are suffering, we will suffer as well. See, I wish I could tell you that after the fire happened, God showed up in amazing ways and everything has been perfect. It hasn't. I've actually noticed that my suffering has increased as I work with those who are also suffering as well. See, right after the fire, my insurance company went bankrupt. Yeah, try that one on. I had to live apart from my family for seven months while I lived in an RV in a driveway. And they lived four states away. Since the fire occurred, 50% of our paid staff have left the church. 70% of our lay leaders are no longer attending. And 83% of our original congregation has gone. And to top things off, we had a former staff member come back and plant a church right next to ours because his direct quote was, I'm going to go after the people that are frustrated with your church, causing a church split. I've been smeared with lies over the past four months. This past Sunday, we had our lowest record attendance since we've been in the building that we were in. I've had multiple criticisms, lost sleep, lost prayer, had many tears. When people ask me a simple question, how are you doing? The response is complicated at best. Because I can look at my external circumstances and say, this is horrible. I didn't sign up for any of this. And when I talk about some of the external circumstances, people say, why are you still there? You have no connection to the community. Everything is a disaster. Why are you still there? And I couldn't quite put it into words because on the other side of it, inside of me, something was being renewed that I can't explain. I had a deep love for the Lord. I had peace, patience. Yeah, we'll just call it all the fruit of the spirit. I was experiencing at a brand new level. So when people say, how are you doing? It's like, I love it and I hate it at the same time. I love the fruit that God is producing in my life that I never thought was possible, but I hate the circumstances under which it's coming. And so I didn't quite have the words until I came across Psalm 119. 
and starting in verse 65. If you have your Bibles or you want to pull out some device that you have and you want to look at it with me, you can. It's in, we're going to start in verse 65 and go through verse 72. Instead of going through all of Psalm 119, Luther said I only had 15 minutes, so we'll save that for later. Psalm 119, 65. The psalmist says this. You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. He starts off by saying, God, you're good. Well, let's find out why God is so good in verse 66. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. We're going to see how God has an interesting way of teaching us judgment and knowledge. Verse 67. He says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. What? I thought you were good. But God is good. And because he's so good, he's willing to use our circumstances to discipline us when it's needed. And the result, but now I closely follow your word. See, God disciplines us for our good, for the greater goal of becoming more like Jesus. Listen to this next bold statement he says in verse 68. He says, you are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Now, if I was reading this, I would think, well, what's going to follow is you're good because everyone in my life is happy. I have no bills. Everything's perfect. My health is amazing. And all of my family members love me. I would think that's what would follow this, but it wasn't. Look at what he says in verse 69. Arrogant people smear me with lies. Not only is it my circumstances, people are attacking me. But what's the result? But in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid. You can laugh, come on. <laughs> Their hearts are dull and stupid. But I delight in your instructions. Now here's the capstone. My suffering was good for me. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. I'm not a big Facebook poster. I get on social media maybe five minutes a day because I know that can suck the life out of me. But recently I felt like I had to post. And this is what I posted on my Facebook wall because so many people have been asking, how are you doing, how are you doing, how are you doing? And I didn't quite have the words until recently when I came across Psalm 119. This is what I posted. Since the campfire, many people have asked me, how are you doing? Outside of the fine response, I haven't quite had the words until recently. Yes, I could focus on many external things that have happened to me, my family, personally, socially, and professionally. That would make many of you ask me, why are you still there? Instead of focusing on the external, I'm realizing that God is doing something greater in me and these circumstances that far outweigh them all. The best response I have right now in this post-campfire situation and with my family is this. We are living Psalm 119.71. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Yes, you heard me right. Everything that has happened to us, losing our home, living apart from my wife and kids, losing 90% of our community, losing over 50% of our paid staff, losing over 70% of our lay leaders, and losing 83% of our original church family, our insurance company going bankrupt and facing an unknown future. It has been worth it. Why? Because God is doing a greater work in me than he has ever done in my life. As a result, I can agree with the psalmist and say that the suffering was good for me. 
because it has brought me closer to the one I am called to depend on. Not my position, other people, family, popularity, people's perspective of me, or anything else. The campfire revealed more about who I am inside than what I lost outside. When I look in the mirror, I'm thankful for the work God is doing in me by the power of the Holy Spirit under the authority of Jesus and for the glory of the Father. That's why I can boldly say, my suffering was good for me because it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. You don't have to go through a wildfire to experience suffering. We will all suffer at some point in this life. Whether your suffering is because of disobedience like Job, whether it's maybe because of your faithfulness, I'm sorry, your disobedience like Jonah, screwed those two up. Disobedience like Jonah, or because of your faithfulness like Job, or simply because of your calling like Jesus, you will experience suffering. Suffering is a reminder of God's love for us and his goodness. Because when he puts us in circumstances that far outweigh our ability to endure them, he does his greatest work. So I simply close with this. Who is the director of your life? If it's you, you should fight against suffering in any way you possibly can. But if it's God, you have to trust that he is producing a film that is exactly how he wants it to be. But I can almost guarantee that part of that film will be suffering. Not because he doesn't love you, but because he does. And be reminded of this. We serve a God who loves us so much that he's willing to put us in situations where we could possibly walk away from him or draw closer to him. But he doesn't want to leave us where we're at. So Samaritan's Purse, thank you for changing my community. Thank you for changing me. But as you are helping those who are suffering, understand that when suffering comes to you, embrace it because you serve a good God. That's right. We serve a good and faithful God, even amidst our suffering. I hope you were personally challenged by Pastor Josh like I was. It's amazing to see how God is working through his circumstances. We are thankful that he shared his heart so openly, and we are grateful for our partnership with he and Paradise Alliance Church. Our goal is to unify the families and the staff here at Samaritan's Purse. And I hope you enjoy these devotions that you're encouraged, renewed, and strengthened. Thank you for listening and have a great week.